North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Hello, everyone. It's Dr. Low Radio. I'm so sorry it's been so long since I've done a show. Thank you guys so much for the uh, encouragement to get my another podcast out. Um, I know it's been several weeks, so I appreciate you guys being really patient and for the kind words. I have been working like a dog, I tell you guys that much. I just recently started my own clinic, Shine Natural Medicine, and we had our grand opening celebration um, a week ago, let's see, not this last week, but the week before, uh, and it was awesome. It was so much fun. It was just amazing. It was, I was expecting maybe 50, 100 people, something like that. We had like almost 200 people there. I just felt really, really lucky to have such amazing people around me and just so much excitement around the new clinic. And my real dream come true was having my family coming out to visit um, and being a part of that whole celebration because I really couldn't have done that without them. So um, it was it kind of felt like a wedding. I felt like I was marrying my clinic. I know it was kind of that magnitude because <laughs> I'm going to be there for a few years. Um, I'm going to be here, actually. I'm actually at the clinic now. I think this is my first radio show I'm recording at the clinic. That's awesome. Um, so anyways, that's what's new in my world. That has, that's what's been keeping me really busy and keeping me from the airwaves. But I have the next few shows in the next few weeks, so that's really, really cool. Uh, let's see what else is new in my world. I recently was a part of a, a workshop over the weekend uh, called Being a Balanced Superwoman. My really good friend, Dr. Ilana Gelman, she's actually my roommate, and she's also a naturopathic doctor. She had this inspiration to um, put on a workshop for women to learn how to balance it all out. You know, we're all just so busy, we're taking on so much, putting way too much on our plates, and we're not taking care of ourselves. And oftentimes what goes out the window is our nutrition and our sleep, and we just tend to try to make everyone around us happy and not take care of us and recharge our batteries. And that's one of my favorite things to talk about. I love the shows where we talk about that. And so she was really inspired to put on a workshop, and we had a workshop over the weekend with about 32 ladies and um, just really giving them our top tips to taking care of ourselves, and it was, it was a very transformative, transformative experience. I talked about the importance of sleep and hormones, which we're going to actually get to some of that tonight on the show. And, um, you know, Ilana talked about the importance of scheduling and making your schedule really um, really centered around taking care of you and, um, you know, you being first and foremost and then everyone else comes after that. And it's just a really good reminder for me because I actually hadn't been putting sleep as a major priority. So it's a nice, you know, way to kind of put me back on track too because i got to walk my talk. Um, so future events coming up, I will keep you guys in the loop of that. We're going to have a lot more workshops. And the goal is to get them to where it will be not just something for people local to San Diego, but will be more of like a web event so people who aren't local can be a part of it too. So that's what's been new in my world, and uh, let's see, I think that's about it. Let's see, so tonight's radio show, we're going to be talking about hidden infections and how hidden infections are getting in the way of your body being balanced, and even things like 
thyroid issues and autoimmunity and, um, you know, just, just chronic conditions being really that the hidden issue is, is chronic infections. So I, I think oftentimes this is missed um, when you're going to your doctor. And, you know, especially with naturopathic medicine, you know, it's really about getting to the root cause of what's going on. And that is what gives ultimate long-term relief is getting to the root cause versus just chasing your symptoms. So, like, for example, if you have a thyroid issue and it's from a hidden infection, just putting you on thyroid hormones isn't going to solve the problem. So that's what tonight's show is all about. We have Dr. Justin, and I'm going to let him say his last name because I don't want to butcher it. (laughs) So let me go ahead and read his bio. Dr. Justin started off his career in the health field working in a surgical center as he prepared for medical school while at the University of Massachusetts. Working in the surgical field gave him a firsthand up-close perspective into the healthcare system. He's able to see where it shined, especially in the area of treating acute injuries and trauma. He also saw its shortcomings, which we talked about a lot on our show for sure, um, which are most evident in the areas of chronic disease like diabetes, heart disease, and obesity, which are still a problem today, very much so. This experience shifted his focus from conventional medicine to a more holistic or natural approach to healing, where the underlying cause of his patient's health issues are addressed and not just medicated and surgically removed. Dr. Justin is a graduate of the University of Massachusetts at Amherst with a degree in kinesiology and pre-med, and he completed his doctorate degree in chiropractic medicine from Life West University. He has completed postgraduate study in the area of clinical nutrition, rehabilitative exercise, and functional medicine, so he can offer the most cutting-edge techniques to help address his patients' growing healthcare needs. Dr. Justin works with a wide variety of patients, all the way from athletes trying to increase performance and heal injuries to the everyday person with with chronic health challenges. Using a holistic approach, Dr. Justin addresses core underlying barriers to health, which allow his patients to, to heal faster and better. So I can already tell we speak the same language. So Dr. Justin, thank you much. Thank you so much for being on the show and welcome to Dr. Low Radio. It's good to have you. Thanks, Dr. Lauren. I appreciate you having me on. And I, I saw the uh, the clinic updates last week on your Facebook. It looks so awesome. Oh, thank you. You have to come by sometime. Where do you Where do you live exactly? Uh, I'm actually I, I practice in Silicon Valley, but I actually live in Austin, Texas. So I'm about ready to have oh. two practices going uh, across the country. Wow, that's crazy! Look at you. There's so many people who need your help. You're you're all over the place. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of fun. And just just so you know, my last name is pronounced Marcagiani. Marcagiani, that's super Italian, yeah. right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you got it. Marcagiani, I like that. Sounds like you should have your own like cooking show. Isn't there someone with kind of a similar uh, last name? <laughs> I know. Well, I feel like because I have a last name like that's Italian, that I have to have like gluten in there. But that that would never right. happen. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad to have you on the show, and this is a topic we haven't really covered that much, so I think it's a really important one to talk about, and before we jump into the meat of all of it, I just want to know a little bit more, more about you. I know we got your basic story with your bio, but tell us a little bit of you know what brought you to this form of medicine and you know this particular specialty that you have. Awesome. Yeah, it's a great question. So I used to work in the surgery units like in my summers and holiday breaks, and I would, I would help the doctors like, with the patients, position the patients, um, bring in medications and blood. I was also the person that would go in during surgery and hold the limbs on the diabetic patients as they were getting amputated. Wow. So as you can see, I'm holding this, like, fresh limb. I can feel, like, you know, blood pulsing through it, and I'm holding it, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like, they're cutting off this person's limb. And I had to, like, wrap it up and bring it down to the morgue, and I just thought to myself, like, how can we get in front of this? How can we prevent this from happening? And, you know, hundreds of 
you know, countless limbs passed through my, you know, possession. And I just kept on thinking, you know, how can we get to the front? I just kept on asking these questions. And, you know, once you find a couple people that are really good, at, you know, in their fields in natural medicine or chiropractic or nutrition, you know, you, you start following, you know, truth back up and you see nutrition and functional medicine. All these things are so important and they can actually prevent a lot of this from happening. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure that's a lot yeah. of what you focus on in your practice is really prevention, right, after seeing that especially. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, the key for me is, you know, we have our three main stressors, right? We have physical stress, we have emotional stress, and we have chemical stress. And, and chemical stress is another word of, at AKA for hidden inflammation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people may be, like, sensitive to gluten and they don't know it. A lot of people may have a chronic infection. They don't know it. So it's, a lot of it's hidden, right? They think they're, like, they're doing everything right, but that hidden stress a lot of times can trip people up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, definitely. And, and if you're seeing your doctor for, you know, seven, ten minutes, there, there might not be enough time that's really given to look for those chemical stressors, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the three- to five-minute, you know, HMO uh, visit, I mean, it's, it's basically enough to get some symptoms down and to, you know, to whip out a cookbook and prescribe a medication. And, yeah. you know, all medications, essentially, they just block, you know, different, pathwa- uh, different pathways and, and enzymes in the body, and they don't really do anything to actually address the underlying cause or to mm-hmm. even upregulate physiology. So the goal kind of is, you know, as you know, you have that naturopathic philosophy is fixing the root cause while at the same time, you know, using, you know, herbal medicines and supplements to help accelerate and, and help uh, push the body towards healing faster. Yeah. What was that? There's a yeah. quote. I don't remember who that was. Was it Jefferson or maybe it was Hippocrates? Is someone who said that you, you distract the patient while you let nature heal them <laughs> or something? Yeah, you know talking about? I love it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And the thing is, too, like I see like a lot of chiropractic doctors and naturopaths and medical doctors who are holistic, but they just use a whole lot of supplements to maybe cover up symptoms. So instead of, you know, using mm-hmm. a statin, they're using like red rice yeast you know, red rice yeast right. or, you know, if they have a he- headache, they're just using fever, fewer or ginger. They're not, like, getting to the root. So supplements can be a great tool, but we always want to be, like, looking at the foundation, like doing a good history and looking at those chemical or a.k.a. hidden stressors so we get to the root. Yeah. So, so on the topic for tonight with hidden infections, it sounded like from our, you know, email back and forth that this is something that may, maybe you didn't necessarily expect this to be one of the root issues with patients, but you just found that this is something you were seeing a lot in your practice. Is that, does that sound right for you? Yeah, exactly. Like, so I was seeing a lot of patients, a lot of, like, athletes, professional athletes, people that were in chronic pain. And what I found was when patients are in chronic pain, their cortisol – uh, their adrenal glands produce this hormone called cortisol, which is mm-hmm. a, a glucocorticosteroid, right? So glucose yeah. meaning it helps regulate your blood glucose and your energy. But the corticosteroid part meant it helps regulate inflammation, kind of like a cortisone injection. Your body can produce its natural cortisol to help regulate inflammation. So I was finding a lot of patients who had really just fried adrenal glands. They were chronically inflamed. They, they couldn't put out their, their own fire in their joints. And I found these chronic infections at the root because it was just taking all of their hormones and shunting it towards essentially putting water on the fire versus shunting the hormones to help rebuild their body and help put out the inflammation. Mm-hmm. And when cortisol is increased over time, just like when someone's on some steroids, that decreases their immune system, right? So then they're even more prone for infections. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. 
and then they have these blood sugar swings, and then they go to, you know, they have a diet that tends to take their blood sugar, and they go into what's called reactive hypoglycemia. They go high blood sugar to low, and they're constantly mm-hmm. stressing their immune system. They're stressing their adrenals. They can't regulate inflammation. And here's the kicker is that when you're making all this cortisol to regulate all of the things you just talked about, your progesterone starts to drop. So as mm-hmm. your progesterone drops, we almost always see female hormone issues, whether it's infertility, whether it's PMS, all the PMS, sequelae of symptoms, and menopause as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that a ton with my patients with the low progesterone. Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and then as you have that high blood sugar, that's feeding more of the infections, right? <laughs> yeah, when your blood sugar swings like that, you start producing this um, cytokine, which is like a, uh, a chemical signal of inflammation called interleukin-6. And that just stresses your immune system even more. And it's been said in many, in many circles that one of the biggest stressors on your body, on your endocrine system, endocrine meaning like your, your endocrine glands, like your thyroid and your adrenals and such, is to stabilize blood sugar. So if your blood sugar is constantly swinging, then you're, just, you're basically having your body deal with all the blood sugar instead of all of these healthy hormones that help your brain and your body and, and, your, and your mood you stay adequate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that that you address that with patients. That's one of the first things I start with. Actually, it it is the first thing I start with with every patient is their blood sugar because, you know, regardless if they're coming in for acne or headaches or, you know, chronic pain or whatever, we're always going to be looking at their fasting blood glucose and seeing how their hemoglobin A1C looks because if their blood sugar, like you're saying, is all over the map, that can be one of the real root causes of what's happening with with their hormones, right? Oh, I totally agree. And one of the biggest things that I see with a lot of patients even patients that are like paleo, is like this is concept. You know how like in conventional world you, you can't say whole grains without saying healthy whole grains? Right. <laughs> All right? You can't say meat without saying healthy lean meat. Right. So I find so many patients, they're eating meat that's so super lean, there's not enough fat they're getting in their body, and it's mm-hmm. not, there's not enough there to help stabilize their blood sugar. So they're eating their chicken breast or their super, you know, super lean fish and such, and they're just not getting enough high-quality fat and or protein to help stabilize that blood sugar. So when you look mm-hmm. at it on a quick food diary, you, you know, if, if you're not skilled at really breaking apart a patient's food diary, you may overlook that. But that's something I see quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Very fat-phobic in our culture nowadays for sure. So yeah. what makes someone more prone to infection? That's great. Great question. So, well, have you heard of the, the concept of known as epigenetics? I have, yes. That's great. Awesome. So what that means is we have, if you break down the word epigenetics, epi means above, right, and then genetics. So these are the factors that happen or that basically control. They're above our genes. They allow our genes to turn on and turn off, right? So essentially some people have what's called a genetic predisposition. That just means their epigenetic switches are, are more prone to turn on genes that may cause breast cancer, like the BRCA1 or 2 gene, or may increase, you know, different genes for cancer and such. But we know we can turn genes on and off as, as well. Like if you have the fat gene, well, we can develop certain genes that we can develop certain habits and lifestyle, like exercise and nutrition properly, that can, that can suppress the fat gene or the unhealthy gene. And we know certain things like vitamin D can actually can control up to 1,000 genes. So there's a lot of things that we can control in our epigenetics, which is that's kind of where it's all about because we're no longer a slave to our genes where it's like, well, it's just my genes. It's you have the, the control over flipping on and off the right gene. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So if a person has particular genes, like like in terms of their being more, you know, predisposed to certain infections, so essentially you're saying is that someone maybe has more genetic predisposition for infections, but if they live a certain lifestyle, certain diet, that can keep them healthier to where they're not so so predisposed. Is that what you're is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So essentially I, I created this analogy called my stress bucket, right? Mm-hmm. All of these stressors go in our stress bucket. Now, some people come into this world with a really big stress bucket. All this means is they can handle a lot of stress. And we all know people in our lives, they just, they just burn the candle at both ends and they never get sick and they always perform, right? I mean, we hate those people, right? And then we got mm-hmm. people that have really small buckets and just a little bit of stress, they get sick. Just a little bit of stress, they get tired. So that's kind of like our stress bucket. And we, we put stressors in that bucket. So those could be gluten. It could be eating, you know, pesticides, it could be lack of sleep, it could be the wrong kinds of exercise. And all of those things go into our bucket, and when our bucket overflows, that's where we start having symptoms. And when mm-hmm. our bucket overflows, that's where our immune system starts becoming compromised, and normally our body will be able to knock out these infections because we have this mucosal membrane barrier called IgA, which helps protect it. It's like the force field, like on a, on a spaceship. And when that mm-hmm. IgA is gone, you know, you're open to attack now. You're open to um, these different infections, maybe gaining a foothold and just kind of sucking the life out of your, you know, your adrenals and the energy of your body. Mm-hmm. I, I love that analogy of the, the bucket. And I've, um, you know, I've used something kind of similar with patients, and I really love how that explains that you know, it's not about like just the last thing that you did that maybe triggered this whole thing to happen. It's not like you, know, you having that cookie made this whole thing happen, and all of a sudden that's life's like the villain or whatever. You know, it could have been, you know, maybe you had a really bad breakup or maybe you had yeah. sleep deprivation for 25 years, and you know, and maybe you um, had exposure to, you know, um, electromagnetic frequency. I mean, you know, like so many things that added up into that bucket, and finally they yes. have, you know, one thing that triggers it, and then boom, that's the villain. But, you know, actually looking at it as it is cumulative and, and exactly that symptoms show up so late in the game. So you can't trust symptoms. I agree. And then what happens from generation to generation to generation is you probably are aware of like Pottinger's cast and a lot of the research mm-hmm. by Dr. Weston A. Price. But what he found is that nutritional deficiencies from our parents and grandparents essentially shrink, it, shrink our stress bucket from generation to generation to generation. And then you add on all the different foods and the GMOs and maybe a high amount of vaccine antigens and all these different things or you've got to shrink our bucket and allow us to not put that much in it so we overflow so mm-hmm. much quicker and easier. That's a really cool way to look at that, too. You become less resilient over time with the more stresses. And, and yeah, we, our, our world is changing, so I'm sure our buckets are just, in, you know, decreasing very, very quickly. Yeah, and then also here's a cool little tidbit for you. I'm not sure if you know it, but in the third trimester of pregnancy, if the mom's really, really stressed, she'll actually start running off of the the fetus is adrenal glands. So you have all I these have kids that come in. Yeah, so you come into this world with adrenal fatigue, which predisposes you to a weaker immune system, which predisposes you to allergies, and you can't quite mount an immune response. And then you get a C-section, and you don't get that vaginal flora to activate your immune system. You're just set up for a whole world of hurt. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that. That is wild that you can live off of your baby's adrenal glands. Isn't that crazy? That is so crazy. That's really that's really sad, and I'm sure it happens actually a lot, <laughs> you know? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I run these adrenal tests every week on all my patients, and I can't just believe what comes back. I mean, their, their sex hormone output's so low. They're like, I see 20- and 30-year-old women, and their sex hormone output's that of an 80-year-old. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, wonder why they, they're infertile. And then the solution is, you know, let's just get some folistim, some Lupron, and all these different, you know, IVF treatments so we can trick our body into thinking that we're healthy to get pregnant. Yeah. Where the body's trying to say, no, no, we we got to recover. we got to chill out and, and heal out. We're not ready to bring something new into this world yet. Yeah, exactly. The bodies are smart. They're saying, nope, it's not time yet. you got to get healthy first. And it's, it's to the point now for me where when I see a normal adrenal panel, I'm, like, shocked. My jaw drops when that happens right off the bat because it's, it's just it's so rare now, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just did my um, fiancé's um, cortisol rhythms just last month because I've been working with her the last couple of years. And for the first time, I saw an adrenal cortisol rhythm that was normal for the first time in probably <laughs> three years. I was like, oh, my, oh my God. God, they exist. Yeah, well, now you got a fertile girl, girl in your hands. <laughs> exactly. That's the whole idea. Nice, nice work. little perk of her being with you, right? She gets all those benefits. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so for people listening, they're, they're listening in, and all this is probably really, you know, interesting for them to, to hear, and they also want to know how it might apply to them. So how would a person know if they have, you know, if they had a chronic infection? Great. Awesome. So I see a lot of people that are like, you know, paleo or primal or bulletproof, and one of the biggest things I find is you get some people, and you probably have this with your patients, that just kick butt when they go paleo, right? They just, like, they cut out the grains or the gluten. They just do great. They feel like they're on top of the world, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have some people that just, like, yeah, I kind of felt a little better, but I'm kind of back in the, you know, back in the dumps again. I find with those people, they just still have that under, they're just not there all the way. There's usually something kind of just holding back their endocrine system, holding back their immune system, that just create it's that hidden inflammation that's just there behind the surface that's just kind of eating away at things. And that's where it's really good to, you know, to assess that. And a couple different ways you can do it, we'll use various blood tests. Uh, one of the biggest mm-hmm. things I'm finding, I'm not sure if you're, if you're seeing it too, but I'm seeing a lot of reactivation of, of Epstein-Barr or um, oh my God. otherwise known as All mono the time. Or, or, Every or, week. or the kissing disease. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing that. And then there's lots of articles in the research uh, there's one uh, researcher out of Australia named Dr. Pender, and he's finding Epstein-Barr is, a, is a, a pivotal part of autoimmune condition where he's finding this virus literally can go and get into the thyroid gland and create inflammation, can go into the intestines, can, can infect the skin and create vitiligo. And I'm seeing so many people with reactivated mono infection, and usually I can always go back and I can say, hey, did you get you know, a case of the mono with you know, Epstein-Barr at some point or mono? And they're like, yeah, I never felt the same. Or maybe it was a trip abroad and they got a parasite infection and they just never felt the same. I right. saw a lady last week who ate a shrimp, got sick, and for the last two years throws up nearly every day. Mm. Now, some are drastic like that and some are just, you know what, you know, since that my last year in college, yeah, I just really just a little bit tired. I just, my hormones aren't quite right. I've gone paleo. I've done the right things in my diet, but something's still there. I just intuitively know it. Mm-hmm. That's usually the first sign, right? And then, you know, obviously people that are biohackers and want to have optimal health, kind of like me and you, will be proactively <laughs> testing. So I just ran a whole blood panel on myself, looking at all my hormones, different infections. I'll do a stool test next week because I have to practice what I preach so I keep my health at optimal level too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Yeah, and, and I'm seeing, you know, same thing with Epstein-Barr. I run that for most patients and it's, 
it's pretty amazing how across the board, I mean, it, it's a, kind of the same thing with the adrenal fatigue is that when I see Epstein-Barr that's negative across the board, I get surprised now because so many people are having issues with it that, you know, it's reducing their white blood cell count so they get sick, you know, over and over again. And Or, which is one thing that I do want to point out, which is really interesting, and you probably see this too, is that when the white blood cell count gets so low that they don't even get sick anymore. They like their immune system doesn't even mount an immune response, yeah. right? So when I when yeah. I hear someone say, "Oh, I haven't been sick in ten years," it makes me have some red flags. I'm going, "Why aren't you getting sick at all? Why don't you get maybe a you know yearly cold or something like that?" Because that's when your body is is mounting an immune response and it's reacting appropriately, and it's good to get sick yeah. every now and then. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree with that. Yeah. So. Um, Okay, so some of the chronic infections that you find, you mentioned Epstein-Barr virus. Um, what are some of the other ones that you tend to see with your patients? Great. So I tend to attract a lot of thyroid patients. I actually have a yeah. new site coming up called FixYourThyroid.com. That will be coming up awesome. in the next couple of weeks where I'm, I'm just focusing on, you know, natural solutions and just trying to give people lots of free information to help learn about, you know, what's causing their thyroid or hormone issues, right? Um Sorry, I just lost my train of thought. So your question was, oh, infections. Yeah, about yeah, which so, infections? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so with the thyroid, there's three to four main infections I'm seeing with almost all thyroid patients, especially ones that are autoimmune. I'm seeing H. pylori. I'm mm-hmm. seeing Yersinia. I'm seeing Epstein-Barr. And those, those are the three main ones I see in regards to thyroid. So if I mm-hmm. see someone that's mounting thyroid antibodies, which just means that your immune system, instead of attacking, you know, foreign invaders, is now attacking itself. I'll see that with a lot of those infections. And when we start knocking down some of the infections with some natural medicines, we can start decreasing that immune response and, and decreasing the inflammation. Mm-hmm. How do you check yeah. for your cinea? Is that in the blood work? Yeah, so if you were like on LabCorp, you can run a, a stool panel through them. Um, conventional labs typically aren't my favorite. You know, I'll use like a, a more of a functional medicine type of lab like Genova or I'll use BioHealth Diagnostics or um, mm-hmm. Diagnostex. Those are my, my two or three favorites. Okay, got it. So you're, you're detecting your cinea on stool testing. Yeah, yeah, I'll detect it in stool. Uh, there is one lab called Medical Diagnostic Laboratories that does offer an IgG, IgA, IgM for your cinea, so I'll, I can do it in the blood via that lab specifically. Hmm. Okay, got it. Yeah. But I'm seeing um, that a lot, seeing... and it's Yeah. Yeah, no, I was just going to add to that. Um, I'm seeing Klebsiella as well as some of the root you know, root causes of some of these autoimmune diseases. And then, of course, I'm sure you see this all the time, parasites, like probably half the stool tests having parasites going on, <laughs> right? Yeah, like the lady I saw last week, for instance, that had the shrimp a year and a half ago and then, and then it throws up every day. Um, yeah. She came back with cryptosporidium. Mm, yep. And cryptosporidium is a really nasty infection. It, um, If you Google it, you'll find a, a, an outbreak in Milwaukee where 500,000 people got sick and I think three or four people died. Wow. And and that was shocked, and I think you as a naturopath physician would agree with me, but she's seeing a naturopath too, and the naturopath said not to treat it. Mm. I couldn't believe it. That's such a patho- pathogenic uh, infection. Yeah, that's, that's bizarre. I for sure would have treated that. Huh. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's why she's seeing you now. <laughs> well, I, I think she uh, felt like she wasn't getting the answers, and this just makes a little more sense. Yeah, for sure. So... So when when a person has these chronic infections, you know, what what is it that it does to the body that, that can contribute to some of these other conditions? Awesome. So, like, a lot of these infections are opportunistic, meaning, like, your immune system kind of has to be compromised, right? 
So usually you kind of already have to have the adrenal fatigue going on. Not always, but, you know, rule of thumb is you're probably already a little bit stressed. Maybe your diet's not the, not the greatest. And then when that infection comes, comes in, it just makes it harder for your body to kind of heal. So when I tell patients, it's like driving a car with your emergency brake on. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you could picture that, maybe it's happened to you. You just feel like you're not, like, really moving. It feels like something's holding you back. And then when you release it, you're like, oh, wow, this is what it feels like to move. And I kind of feel like that's what it's doing to people's immune system so that when they, you know, cut out the gluten or do these changes, they're just not quite 100% there. They're not quite moving forward. They're running with a parachute on, and that tends to be one of the barriers that's holding them back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you treat the infection, and then now it's, that's the, an obstacle to cure that's now removed, and then they can, they can get better from whatever issue is going on, right? Yeah, and, like, here's one of the biggest things that I find, you know, why patients won't essentially get better is with certain parasites and different bacteria and funguses, for instance, is what's called biofilms. And mm. biofilms are like these little shields, these infections kind of hold up to, you know, prevent them from getting, you know, attacked by these herbal medicines, so to speak. And using some herbal medicines to help knock down some of these biofilms, which help kind of disarm them and pull the shields out of their hands, kind of allows the, um, kind of allows these herbal medicines to come in there and do its job a little better that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I love that, you know, that there's there's so many different remedies for these various, you know, nuances for for these infections. And everybody's so different in their situation. And I, you know, herbal medicine is so incredible. It's like, you know, I, I had a, a show several months ago with um, Stephen Harold Buner. He wrote the book uh, Herbal Antibiotics and also Herbal Antivirals. And just talking about the the amazing wisdom of plants and how you know, they're, they're, they can be very broad spectrum. They'll, they'll treat so many different things, whereas a lot, of, you know, a lot of times medications are treating one main thing, and then that one yeah. main thing can get resistance, and then you have to try another thing to treat that one main thing. Um, so, and I know that there's different kinds of, you know, herbal medicine treatments that are very effective for biofilms. So, and we can get, we'll, we'll get into that in a sec. And I also want to just bring up one thing that, you know, I talk about with my patients, I'm sure you do too, is that, even though maybe a person has an infection that isn't necessarily in the gut, like maybe Epstein-Barr virus, for example, it's still important to look at the gut because the majority of your immune system is in your digestive tract, right? So kind of making that, yeah. that connection that if your immune system is weakened, even if it's not in the gut, we still have to treat the gut, right? I'm sure you talk about that with your patients too. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, one of the biggest things, you know, I always tell my patients is that, the majority of all symptoms, you know, related to these infections aren't necessarily gut-related. So a lot right. of times, it's just because you don't have diarrhea or bloating or gassiness, it could be brain fog, right? Brain mm-hmm. fog means brain inflammation. Um, Dr. Tom O'Brien always says, I, I get it stuck in my head, you know, fire in the gut equals fire in the brain, right? Fire in the mm-hmm. gut is fire in the brain. So if we gut fire in the gut, brain fog is a common symptom, fatigue, migraines, those are some of the most common things I see, but people very rarely connect the dots because it just doesn't make sense. But when you go back to the gut, of course it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's all connected. Your ears connected to your knees. Your gut's connected to yeah. your forehead. You know, it's all connected. So Yeah, and I actually wanted to go back to one thing you mentioned, too, yeah. about the herbal medicines. I mean, of course, like, you know, I have a bias toward herbal medicines. I love them. They're self-selecting. Um, you don't need any drug trial uh, in regards to medicines that have been used for tens of thousands of years. They're super safe. So I, I do like them, and if you know how to use them properly, you can get awesome results. 
Um, mm. Saying that, my bias is out there. I still, with some, some certain infections, I will recommend antibiotics be used. Um, and there are some good antibiotics out there, but almost all the time, I, I'd rather use the natural medicines first because I'm just a huge fan that antibiotics should be used for life-saving injuries, life-saving issues, and there's just too much resistant bacteria to antibiotics, so I'd rather use them when it's really crucial and let the natural medicines be used more, more frequently than the, than the antibiotics. Amen, brother. Totally there with you. <laughs> Speaking my language. Great. I love it. <laughs> oh, it sounds like so we're on the same page tonight, man. Yeah, oh, I think we're on the same page, totally. So let's kind of That's jump great. into some of the answers, you know. So, so how do you treat some of these infections naturally? What are some options that you found? Awesome. So let me just talk about the antibiotics just so we can compare and contrast. So a lot of these antibiotic protocols tend to be shorter, like, you know, seven days. Like if you use Alinea or nitrogen oxide, that'll be like a 14-day protocol. And the reason why they're short is because they're toxic. You know, if you do like a, a Prev pack, writing H. pylori, you know, uh, clarithromycin and all those different uh, antibiotics, they're like two weeks at the longest. So the problem is, if you look at a lot of the bacteria or the infections that we're trying to kill, for instance, you mentioned Klebsiella, right? Klebsiella is a gram-negative bacteria. Okay, all that means is gram-negative bacteria have two walls. They're just harder to penetrate. Now, what they have is they have these little efflux pumps that literally it'll get exposed to the antibiotics and it will pump the antibiotics in and right back out through these efflux pumps. So it can basically push the antibiotics out and prevent it from getting exposed. So the nice thing about these herbal medicines is we can use them for longer periods of time and eventually we can kind of break down those efflux pumps and it can have an effect and actually wipe out the bacteria. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's so cool. It's like warfare on a microscopic level. I know, isn't it? And then the, the crazy thing is the outside layer, you know this, is the outside layer of the bacteria is endotoxin, which mm-hmm. is um, it's basically a toxin to our liver. It's, it's lipopolysaccharide. It's literally a, it's a hepatotoxin. So these things, as they get broken down, we have to reabsorb them and, and, and process them through our liver. So I'm a big fan of using, like, really, you know, strong, high-quality ginger tea. That's a really good um, biofilm, and it really helps tonify the liver as you're removing a lot of these critters. Mm, good. So, it, like, do you just cut up the root and boil that or actually using the tea bags, or what do you think? Yeah, there's a couple different alternatives. So if you have, like, a juicer and you're, you know, you're really uh, hardcore like that, you can juice, like, uh-huh. you know, three or four. You can add a, like a teaspoon of wildflower honey. You can add a, a lemon or lime rind to it and just a little bit of cayenne, and that can help really tonify the, the liver and uh, really help your body excrete it without, you know, what we call die-off or in, in the natural medicine uh, world, a Herxheimer's reaction. Mm-hmm. Cool. So you yeah. said you juice three or four. I'm, I'm actually going to write this down. I'm going to try this. Three or four ginger and then some honey, and then what were the other things you mentioned? And then you can do a lime or lemon rind. Uh-huh. And then you can do just a, like an eighth of a teaspoon of cayenne. And cool. if you don't have the, the juicer, you can always just put a whole bunch of tea bags in, mm-hmm. like three or four tea bags, and you can make six to eight ounces and just kind of sip it throughout the whole day. And anytime I have a patient, you know, with a die-off reaction, we'll just we'll cut their, you know, herbal medicine dosage in half, and then we'll just have them sip on the green tea and then just gradually get it back up slowly, and then we're able to make sure their body's kind of draining it out and, and dealing with it better. Got it. So using, I guess, specific nutrients or specific um, 
you know, herbs for some of these infections. What are some of the ones that you've you found for maybe like chronic bacterial infections or, you know, maybe like the like the Yersinia? Or what are what are some of the different options that you use with your patients? Awesome. So with a lot of the um with the bacteria, I'm gonna be using berberine containing herbs. So berberines mm-hmm. like um golden seal, uh organ grape, um just berberine HCL, these are great compounds. It's Nice little side. I love how herbal medicines are like side benefits. It's like not side effects. Berberines also mm-hmm. help stabilize <laughs> blood sugar too, which is so cool. And you're knocking out the infection. I mean, it's been used for diabetics too. So you're uh-huh. knocking out the infection with some of these berberines. I'm also a big fan of um, oil of oregano, which can be really potent. Uh, also a big fan of really, you know, higher dose wormwood or artemisia. Uh, those can be really powerful and really knock down uh, a lot of these infections. I mean, wormwood's been used to treat malaria for like 10,000 years. It's powerful stuff. Yeah, really cool. Do you have any? Do you have particular uh, companies that you usually use with your patients, like supplement companies or any particular products that you really like? I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, I try to use. I mean, you're probably the same way. You know. Uh, companies that are, you know, super high in quality, you know, not putting all the additives and gluten and fillers and stuff. I mean, you want a company right. that's, you know, being independently tested. Um, it's really important. Uh, I like uh, Designs for Health. They have, they have some really good products. Uh, mm-hmm. Thorn makes some really good products. They have an excellent Wormwood product that's good. Um, Allergy Research Group makes some excellent products. Uh, Pure Encapsulations, uh, Integrative Therapeutics, they have some really good stuff and um, just very high quality. Yeah, cool. We use a lot of the same companies. It's good. I know it makes a yeah. huge difference, the quality, because you can have two similar products, but one of them works out much better because they actually have in it what they report to have in it. So, Yeah, exactly. And some companies, too, have, like, proprietary blends, which I'm not a huge fan of because you don't know what the heck's in there. Like, mm-hmm. I just saw a research study just last week on chlamydia pneumonia, Um not not chlamydia, the STD, but chlamydia that, you know, can affect lung health, and I see that positive in a lot of patients. And, for instance, the study showed 800 milligrams of berberine, you know, it does a great job at, at removing uh, chlamydia pneumonia just as well as the antibiotic did. So it's mm-hmm. really nice to know that, and then I can go look at my little, you know, concoctions and compounds, and I can make sure that patient is getting enough, the, what I would consider a therapeutic level according to the research. Mm-hmm. That's so great. I love that. I know it's so cool, right? You're like, oh, yeah, it works just as well, and it's natural. It's great. It's always a nice yeah. benefit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, absolutely. And then the biofilms, You, what are some, some, uh, some tools you use to address biofilms? Awesome. So biofilms, like those little, like, shields that kind of um, they're on the outside of these. Typically, you're going to see it more on bacteria and fungus, not necessarily viruses. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. parasites, but primarily the research is saying bacteria and fungus. So if you've got someone that has, like, chronic fungal infections and is, like, antifungal diet and doing really good and they just keep on coming back, uh, biofilms can be helpful. So there's some good ones that contain, like, um, different enzymes, like, you know, higher-dose enzymes with, with various metal chelators like UDTA that can be helpful because sometimes mm-hmm. the biofilms have some metals in it. The body will use, like, lead or different things to, to kind of put up that shield, literally. Mm. I, ginger as well. Ginger is an excellent biofilm, um, kind of it dissolves the biofilms. Eleuthero. Eleuthero is really good. Interesting. There's actually um, a lot of research on Eleuthero. In the 70s, a lot of the Russians were using Eleuthero to help improve strength and recovery time. 
And it was called the Russian protocol. I, I use it typically, and I use a, a two-to-one extract of Eleuthero, uh, two to three teaspoons a day. And it's amazing how it boosts DHEA and stamina and also helps knock out biofilms too. Wow, that's really cool. You said it boosts DHEA? Yeah, it boosts it naturally. It's really great. Huh. And for you guys listening, Eleuthero is short for Eleutherococcus, which is Siberian ginseng. So yep. you guys want to check that out. That's very, very cool. So you use um, a two-to-one extract as that caps. Oh, so it's liquid. So you're doing like a, a yeah. tincture. Okay. Yeah, I like the herb farm one. Almost every other brand is like a one-to-two. So mm-hmm. it's just, you know, herbal medicine 101, um, the first number is essentially, you know, how much the herb is, and then the second number is how much alcohol. So basically there's two times, two times the amount of herb per ounce of alcohol. So imagine two ounces of herbs versus one ounce of alcohol. So it's really cool. concentrated. Very cool. Yeah, I would like to have someone actually on the show to talk about how to make your own herbal tinctures. That would be a really good show. I need to make a note of that. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, thanks I'll for the inspiration. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, um, and just so you know, too, because, like, herbal medicines can be pretty nasty sometimes, but Eleuthero actually is an awesome-tasting herb. So mm-hmm. anyone, you know, that's kind of a little phobic with certain herbs, like, I mean, you probably tasted chase tree before. I've done it. Oh, it's gosh. nasty tasting, right? But uh, Eleuthero is really good. Cool. Well, I'm sure you're really good is maybe different from maybe someone else is really good because <laughs> I know for me my taste buds kind of change, like going through medical school. It's like, oh, that tastes great. Yeah. And it's like, you know, boyfriend at the time going, you're crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> but true. good in That's comparison, true. right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if you, if you do Indian ginseng or ashwagandha, that is, oh, that's wretched. But it, I guess it's all relative, right? Oh, totally. I've been doing a, a kava spray lately, um, sublingual kava spray, like when I'm feeling kind of anxious, you know, and it's like, you yeah. know how kava is. It makes your mouth go totally numb. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. so funny how all these herbs affect you. So, cool. So we have some really good um, options for treating some of these infections. So those are some of the, for the bacteria, the fungus. You mentioned some of the antibacterial herbs. And I know wormwood can be great for parasites as well. Um, And kind of going more into how some of these infections can address the body further. So, you know, we had talked a little bit about like thyroid, female hormones. I mean, how is it that an infection can affect someone's female hormones or how can an infection actually affect your thyroid like how does that actually how does that pan out awesome awesome question i just wanted to make one note before we go on to that topic because i think this is really important um it's just really important that if you have like one of these infections don't go out and just knock out you don't go out and just buy these herbs and knock out the infection because i find a lot of people can seriously get themselves laid up literally because they don't have the adrenal strength their thyroid's super low yeah um their diet's maybe not 100% correct, and they may need more, more gut health, like digestive support. They may need some anti-inflammatory support. They may need some adrenal support to kind of give them the foundation so that they can handle that protocol better. So that's just one mistake I'll see with some people, that they'll just start knocking out an infection right away, and it just destroys the patient. Mm-hmm. I love that you're saying that. And, I, yeah, like for some of my patients, I will have them not. I'll, I won't even treat the infections until we can get their adrenals a little more on board and they can handle it. Or, like, I'm sure you see this, too, like with detoxing. You won't just detox whoever. You know, I have to make sure they're actually a candidate to detox because it can be pretty, ha- pretty hard on the body. Yeah, and, and also, you know, detoxification, uh, detoxification, essentially, you need healthy gallbladder and gut function. If you've got all this bacteria and infections, well, then we already there's one there's two strikes against you. We already know your gut function's impaired. Mhm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Got to take the whole body into account. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So hormones. I think your How next question was hormones. Yeah. Yeah. Hormones and thyroid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. So I'm going to just kind of talk about hormones, uh, the female hormones first, and I'll tie that right into thyroid too. Mm-hmm. So first things first, all hormones come from cholesterol. This is a really important concept. So we have a lot of medical doctors saying cholesterol is bad, a lot of even naturopaths and chiropractors too saying maybe cholesterol is bad. Cholesterol is, is, is really, it's an antioxidant. It's an important nutrient, all right? It's really important that you get it from high-quality, you know, organic animal sources. That's important. That's the foundation. That's the building block. Um, I think I can attribute getting most of my patients towards, you know, because of the low-fat dogma that's out there, because people that are on low-fat diets are always going to have hormone problems just because it's just a raw material issue. If you're a construction worker and you need so much wood to, to build your house and you get half the amount, it, there's going to be problems. You're going to have a pretty ugly-looking house. So in regards to cholesterol and your hormones, you're going to have some deficits. We're not going to have the building blocks. And as you kind of already talked about, is our body is already hardwired to deal with stress first, right? Stress comes before healthy aging and repair. So our body will literally do what's called a, a cortisol escape or a pregnenolone steal where it's shunting all the building blocks towards dealing with the stress and inflammation. So it's got this virus or this bacteria or this parasite infection or maybe you're just eating gluten all the time and it's taking all that hormone and putting it on the fire, essentially try to put out the fire created by all the things that, that you're already doing or the infection. And all that hormone is being taken away from your DHEA. It's being taken away from your progesterone. And these are hormones that are needed to help build you back up every day in regards to your hair, your skin, your nails, how you look and feel and perform. But also they help keep you um, vital and, and virile so you can pass on your seed to the next generation. And so progesterone is really important because it's, you break up the word progesterone, progestation. It's your, it's your pregnancy hormone. And it needs to be there, especially at high amounts in the second half of the cycle. So when that egg comes out and it's fertilized by that sperm, that egg can then implant into the uterine wall. And if progesterone is not high enough, that egg will just fall right down and maybe you'll just have a normal cycle or maybe it'll just be a heavier uh, period that time. And so that's how it's really important into female hormones. I just I want to I'll give you a sec there to kind of recap things or break it down. Yeah, that's awesome. I love the the pro and you know gesterone, like breaking that down into being pro gestation. I actually never really broke it down like that. Thank you. I'm getting some cool little pearls tonight. And no problem. Yeah. And how I learned it in um, when I was studying, essentially estrogen tells your cells to grow. Right. Estrogen right. is a growth mediating hormone. Progesterone tells your cells to grow up. Progesterone tells your cells to grow and mature. One just tells it to grow. One tells it to grow up and mature. And we need those mature cells in the endometrial lining in the second half of the cycle to implant that egg. That's what's so important. Cool. Rock on. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So then when there's infections, it's stealing from your sex hormones to make more of the stress hormones, right? Yeah, especially progesterone. If anyone goes online and go to, like, uh, Google image and type in like adrenal hormone cascade and you'll see cortisol is one of the adrenal hormone byproducts. And if you just go up one notch, you're going to see progesterone there. So yeah. it's not too much of a, a leap to be like, oh, okay, that makes sense why my progesterone is super low because I do test on this and that with 20 and 30-year-old women that are trying to get pregnant and they have progesterone levels of an 80-year-old woman. It's kind of like sad. Mm-hmm. And these women so are just, let's take like an crippled. example. Let's 
let's kind of walk through, maybe you have a patient like this who's in her 20s and she has progesterone of an 80-year-old woman and you're thinking that she probably has adrenal fatigue and she probably has chronic infections and maybe nutrient deficiencies. And I mean, this probably a classic case. Like what would you do with that patient? Where, you know, how would your whole treatment plan kind of, you know, give us sort of a rundown of what that would look like for you clinically? Awesome, awesome. Okay, I'll tell you that the, I'm going to give you that answer. I'm going to tell you that the easy temptation is to go give her a whole bunch of progesterone and slather all over her body, right? That's, that's the mm-hmm. easy solution that people would, would run to because people feel better fast. And yeah. it's kind of like that, you know, that drug-like, you know, symptomatic release thing. But it doesn't fix the problem. And, and there's a whole other problem with progesterone cream for most people, but that's I'll, I'll get to that later if we have time. But essentially, you want to first things first, you already said it once, I think, is stabilize the blood sugar. Get out the enzyme, get the inflammatory foods out of your diet, get the inflam. Oh, I said it the other way around. But get the anti-inflammatory foods in your diet, get the inflammatory foods out, cut out the food allergens, cut out the foods that are toxic, and get the blood sugar stable. So I tell yeah. my patients, eat a fistful of protein every three to five hours. That's about 30 grams of protein. So if you're between about 120 and 160 pounds and, you know, you're moderately active, that may be enough. You know, about 0.7 grams of protein per pound of body weight is a good estimate. And about palm size is about 30 grams of protein. Mm-hmm. And stabilize your blood sugar, good vegetables. Get most of your carbohydrates through, you know, non-starchy vegetables and maybe a little bit of fruit. And depending on how active you are or how overweight you are, maybe add some safe starches in there depending on, you know, your body comp. But that's kind of the foundation. Get the blood sugar stabilized. Make sure the foods you're eating are nutrient-dense, uh, anti-inflammatory, and low in toxins. That's, that's like the first part. Mm-hmm. Okay. And like the next that's thing is you kind of already talked about it, is like, you know, you look at the hormones, support the adrenal glands, Right. Um, there's a couple ways you'll do it. I sometimes, most of the time, I'll use precursor hormones. I'll use hormones like pregnenolone and DHEA because they kind of give the body the raw materials and it's basically giving the body the building blocks to say, all right, you know, make the progesterone, make the estrogen, make the cortisol. So we'll, we'll give them small amounts of that just replacing what's missing so they have that raw material. But it's really important, though, that the underlying stressors are, are talked about. So all the things you learn in natural mathematics school about like sleep and, and the right kinds of exercise. And if you're really adrenal fatigue, don't do too much exercise. Um, that's right. a big thing. So I'll, slight tangent. If you're exercising, exercise should recharge you after your workout. If you feel more tired after your workout, you're actually putting more stress on your body. So you need to feel recharged from your workout. That's step one. And the next thing is you need to feel like you can do the workout over again. So if you have adrenal fatigue, it's really important you ask yourself those two questions. Do I feel mm-hmm. better after my workout? And do I feel like I can do it all over again? So dialing in the exercise and the sleep and the anti-inflammatory diet and, and getting on a really good adrenal program tends to be the foundation for almost any patient. Yeah. Yeah. So so first things first, you stabilize blood sugar, and then you are supporting their adrenal function, and then you're kind of assessing to see at that point if they're strong enough to maybe handle some of the, you know, anti-whatever types of treatments, right, fungal, bacterial, yeah. viral, parasite. Yeah. And then you're, exactly. you're monitoring them, seeing how they're doing, and then you're going to do some retesting. Is that kind of like the, the, the process you would go? Yeah, and there's one thing I'd also do is I also look at people's thyroids quite frequently mm-hmm. because sometimes it's kind of a, a give or take. It's 
what's more damaged? You know, what's more beat up, right? You know, does the, does the adrenals have two black eyes or does the thyroid have two black eyes, so to speak? Because sometimes I see patients with really good, like pretty good thyroid and thoracic adrenals, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's the opposite. So figuring out yeah. what's the most damaged out of them. But typically I always like to support the patient in the way the patient breaks down. It typically is the adrenal that breaks down, then follows the gut, and then detoxification all gets wacky. So I try to support mm-hmm. them in the same way they've broken down. It's, it's, it's really worked out well um, doing that over the last um, handful of years I've done that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you test for nutrient deficiencies in your practice? You know what? I, afterwards, I'll use something like a SpectraCell. That's, that's a really mm-hmm. good lab test. Or you can do um, an organic acid test from Metametrics. Those are some really good tests to do. I don't do them a ton, um, especially mm-hmm. in the beginning, because everything's going to be, like, super, super deficient. But I think yeah. after the gut's healed, then you get a really good idea of what's really deficient. Like, you know, it's not just, hey, I'm inflamed, you know, and, and I can't absorb food. Now you're getting a really good idea of what's really not there. And that's where I think those tests do better. Because in the beginning, mm-hmm. if I'm seeing sick patients, you know, we're already doing so many lab tests. So I like to keep the, the test number down to two or three in the beginning and not overwhelm right. too much. I know, right? You can get a little crazy with the testing. I if it had if I had it my way, I'd test 20 things on every single patient because I just I love labs. And and some patients are down, they're like, "Yes, test everything." And other ones are like, "All right, can we prioritize a little bit?" So <laughs> I know. I know. And that's I totally agree with you and I and I test a lot on myself and you know, it comes back to that, right? Physical, chemical, emotional stress and sometimes finances can be emotional stress. So we don't want to add more stress exactly. to that that whole triangle of health too. So we try to, you know, get the happy meeting going yeah yeah for sure well um we have like flown through almost an hour is there any other like you know topic or anything else you wanted to touch on before we wrap up for tonight yeah great question um so on my website justinhealth.com i got a free thyroid uh, webinar series as well as a female hormone webinar series it kind of just outlines and breaks down in really cool powerpoints and you see me talking and kind of educating the the viewers on these different things. And I really try to take complex concepts and make them like, oh, wow, that makes sense. Like, I get that. And, and you can walk away and kind of like apply it and it, it, it kind of is like changing. So I'm trying to break these things down for patients and make it easy. So there's a, a thyroid webinar series and a female hormone series. And for the first couple of patients, I do offer a complimentary uh, consultation to, you know, review their lab test or, you know, find out at least what the next best steps for you to take to get better are. Mm, very cool. I'm looking at your website right now. You have a very nicely put together website, might I add. Thank you. Yeah, you've really done and a good I, job I, on it. I can see you worked hard. Yeah, thanks. And actually, um, you inspired me to get a podcast going as well. So I will oh, cool. be getting a podcast going in the next month or two. It'll be something I think we're thinking of the name uh, Beyond Health. And um, cool. I'm going to get that going myself and a, and a fellow nutritionist, uh, Barris Harvey, We'll be getting that going in the next month or two. So we look forward to having you on as a guest. Awesome. I'd be happy to. And let me know how I can help you. Podcasts are such a great way, for one, to generate patience. You'll get a ton of patience out of it. And just as, I mean, what I love about the show is that it's a free resource for people. So I know sometimes what we do is doctors can be, you know, it can be an investment. So being able to do something that it's a, it's free to help people, it's, it's such an amazing, you know, way to give back and, it's also a really good creative outlet, too. So I think you're going to love doing it. I'm so excited you're doing that. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I've listened to your podcast, um, I think, the last three years. I've listened to almost all of them. You've had so many great guests on. 
And oh, yeah, there, there's some podcasts. No problem. There's some podcasters that are they're just not fun to listen to. I thought you really you're you're definitely one of the best podcasts out there. Oh, I give you a hug right now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not blowing hot air up your up your butt either. <laughs> well, I'm glad because that would be uncomfortable. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, cool. Well, yeah, let me know any way I can help with that, and, you know, I'd be happy to spread the word you're doing your show. And I love that it's beyond health because I'm sure you talk about all different kinds of, you know, off-the-wall off things. And um, and also, too, one thing I, I just want to say I really appreciate is I can tell you're very up on research. You love to read about, you know, the newest cutting-edge therapies and, um, you know, what things are working, what things are not working. It's just such a huge gift to your patients to stay up on that kind of stuff. So. I've just really noticed that during our interview. So awesome job. Yeah, thanks. And I think, you know, too, is like, you know, we're like, to the mainstream person, we're kind of already labeled as quacks, right? We already got like two strikes against us. So it's, it's really important that we have some really good evidence base behind us, evidence-based um, science behind us. And that's, I think, really, you know, helps make us credible to the public so we can help people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You got to speak a few different languages in, in that way. So Awesome. Um, Justin, any, Dr. Justin, any parting words for our listeners before we let you go? No, um, I think the only thing I would say is, is if you think something's wrong, something's probably wrong. And if you don't mm-hmm. address it now, problems always get worse. There's always a cost of not addressing something. So if you think it's wrong, if you think something's not quite right, feel free to reach out to Laura and reach out to me. We can at least point you in the right direction, at least kind of put our heads together and figure out what's the next step for you to take so you can at least address these barriers that, you, that you know, are, are preventing you from expressing optimal health. Yeah, for sure. Do you work with patients um, from a distance as well? Uh, yeah, half my patients are from all over the country. I spoke with a woman, woman from England today. I spoke with another person from Indiana and New York, so all over the country, all cool. over the world, actually. It's really Great. fun. Great, yeah. Yeah, it is really fun. Yeah, it's it keeps it interesting. It's all different kinds of people all over the place. So very cool. So for people who want to book with you, go to justinhealth.com, right? And they can book an appointment right on the website. Yeah, and there's a free consult link up there. And then there's also the different uh, webinar series that they can sign up for. That's totally free. Just want to educate people and, and want people to be empowered. Yes, absolutely. That's what this is all about. Cool. Well, Dr. Justin, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And best of luck with your radio show, and I'm sure we'll be talking very, very soon. Yeah, Dr. Lauren, so great talking to you. I appreciate all that you're doing and uh, inspiring me to, to kind of to walk the similar path. Awesome. All right, my dear, I will talk to you soon. Have a great night. Great. Thanks. You have a good night, too. All right. Thanks. Bye. All right, you guys, that's uh, that's our show. Thanks for being so patient. Uh, the last few weeks I haven't uh, had a show on, so thank you and for the continued listens. And I just want to let you guys know, I just looked on the uh, Blog Talk Radio site, and I've I've had 764,000 total listens to this radio show. Isn't that insane? That's almost a million people. Of course, I'm I'm like I have the positive spin. I look at it and I see a million. That's just that's so cool to me. It's a it's a little crazy to think that that many people have listened to me, but um, but it's also really cool, too. I know that it's really spreading naturopathic medicine across the world. So I love that this is reaching so many of you, and thank you for the you know continued support. And my request is, do-do-do-do-do, it's the request at the end of the show, is that if you love this show and you've learned something from it and you really, you know, it's something you tune into, it's, it's contributed to your life, I would love it if you guys could leave me a review on iTunes. I think I have about 50 reviews. 
And out of 764,000 listens, I think I could probably have that number a little bit higher. So I would love it if you guys would leave a comment on there. I think it really does increase um, listens. When people see higher comments they or higher you know, star reviews, they want to uh, tune into it. So that will help to get that much more listens out there. So thank you for doing that to support the show. And uh, we do have a show scheduled for next week. Um, I don't know the exact specific topic because it's been a little bit of a crazy week, but it's going to be geared towards movement therapy and what you can be doing movement-wise to to help to free up uh, inflammation and adhesions in the pelvic region, so how you can kind of help with a chronic pain, uh, fertility issues using movement therapy. So that'll be a really fun show next week. We also have Dr. Allison Seebecker coming back on the show. She's an expert in small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, and I met her recently at a conference, and we are like total nerd sisters, so that'll be a fun geeking out show for sure. And um, let's see, who are the shows coming up in the future? We have... We have, some really, we have Chris Kresser coming on the show pretty soon to talk about his new book. And there's another one as well. So I have some cool guys, cool people lined up for you guys uh, for some good listening pleasure and brain candy. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm back in the game. So thanks, thanks for being so patient. Have a wonderful rest of your week, you guys. You can check out uh, the new clinic website, shinenaturalmedicine.com. We have just a placeholder site on there right now, but it gives the information about the clinic. Uh, if you want to work together, I'd be happy to work with you. Um, I work with patients locally in San Diego and all over the country. So, um, you know, book your appointment. I'd be happy to have you feeling better and getting some answers. Have a great rest of your week. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good. And get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Holiday your heart out at Old Navy. Today only, all hats, gloves, and scarves are 50% off. Plus, get 40% off your entire purchase today at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Hats, gloves, and scarves valid 1120. 40% valid 1115 to 1120. Exclusions apply. See store for details.